Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Cosmos with Cosmos. Uh, as always, I'm Mike. I'm Liz. And Brandon is on assignment. <laughs> He's on assignment. He's We've on... sent him out into the world to discover new and uh, exciting discoveries in the astronomy worlds. Or to just or install just, the planetary. Or just working in Arkansas <laughs> uh, for like a week. You know that I saw that it, if you mispronounce it, it is illegal. In that state. To mispronounce Ar- Arkansas is Arkansas. Yeah. Because that's my favorite illegal. way to say it is Arkansas. It is illegal to uh, mispronounce Arkansas. Oh, that just, now I want to go and I just want to say it to everybody all the time. And just yell it. Just go in front of me like a, And then I, I want to be like, we're not in Arkansas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, we already broke down. Show's already broke it's down. It's already over. We're already in the hangover by now, I guess. I. <laughs> All right. So um, before we get started, mm-hmm. why don't we just kind of talk about the rules, and then we'll get into drinks, and we'll see if anybody can figure out what we're talking about today. Oh, so you're not even going to give them like the t- the theme, no. even though they might have seen it on social media. I'm sure they what did. The theme is. So. I, I know they completely <laughs> okay. have. Uh, yes, Brandon is taking the ring back That's to assignment. a volcano. That's his assignment. What was? What we talked about Mordor last night. Oh, it was a uh, Mount Doom, a Mount Doom, Mount Doom beer. No. Uh, oh, hot sauce. Hot sauce. We were watching Hot Wings on YouTube. Hot ones. Uh, hot hot ones with the hot wings, and uh, and we we're like, oh, there should be a, like a Mount Doom hot sauce. That'd be yep. pretty cool. And there isn't one. So whoever is enterprising and wants to sink some money into it, go for it. Okay, we haven't started the rules yet, so. Yeah, that so no drinking. <laughs> All right, so uh, rules are: um, if dog barks, take a drink. If there is a Star Wars reference, take a drink. And if there's a Lord of the Rings reference, take a drink. Mm-hmm. Which we had not started yet. Yeah. So now, if we had brought up uh, uh, Mount Doom's uh, hot sauce, then we could take. Then a drink. we could take a drink. Yeah. Yes, but um, also follow us on all the things: uh, Twitter. Which is uh, Drinking Cosmos, uh-huh. right? All right, cool. Yeah. And then everything else is Cosmos Cosmos. So follow us on Instagram um, and like us wherever you get your, your podcast and tell your friends and uh, tell your neighbors and tell your enemies and all that kind of stuff. That way people can listen to <laughs> us and enemies. learn about the astronomical world, the, the universe. wonders of the universe. wonders of the universe. All right, so why don't we get into what we're drinking. Liz, yeah. what are you drinking? I am drinking a reflector, and it is uh, amaretto, mm-hmm. vodka, cran pineapple juice, yep. and, and orange it. juice. Oh, and orange juice. <laughs> yes, it's a, um, it's, a, it's a take on the cranberry kiss. Amaretto cranberry uh, kiss. Amaretto, amaretto cranberry kiss, which typically has rum and amaretto in it. But yes. we, we're more vodka fans. And so yeah. we, uh, we well, did vodka. Yeah, yeah. What were we? Oh, we made a we made a rum punch yesterday and uses dark rum. And I found that I'm not a biggest fan of dark rum. So. Yes. Um, and so, what did you say? You're I said reflector. Oh, mine's refractor. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> All right, so my uh, my drink is Refractor, and it's the same thing. They're so. they're two drinks of the same coin, or or in this episode, uh, two types of telescopes. Two types of telescopes. We're talking about telescopes today. Talking about what what you can see with two small pieces of glass, or, even though my drink involves mirrors. Yes, or a piece of glass and a mirror. 
So either either way. Yes. Either way. But let's see. Um, what is Jack drinking um, uh, today? Okay. So so uh, Jack has a ling- lingonberry and mint iced tea, which sounds. Somebody went to IKEA. A man. <laughs> it sounds. Uh... Uh, his sister has lingonberries on the farm. I, I don't I don't even I've n I have do not know if I've seen a lingonberry in the wild. I don't even know what a lingonberry is other than like it IKEA. Could, it could roll into this house and we wouldn't know. <laughs> uh Leia would um, eat it, but um, But it sounds delicious. It does sound really good. And then good. Katie has a hazy sunrise, which is a glass of pink wine. That sounds good. Oh, nice. I like that. Nice. Mm. Cool. All right, so let's talk about telescopes. You know, I was thinking about this. Um, we didn't have a conflab on this. Yeah, oh. I worked it in. I worked it in. Conflab. We conflab. have a conflab. Um, yeah, we've been watching Glow Up. watching Glow Up on Netflix. <laughs> I think we need a conflab. Anyway, so um, I was thinking that, okay, so telescopes show us the universe. But you know what? And I really want to drive this home uh, for everybody. Go I, ahead. I would like to refine that statement. And I would say that telescopes allow us to see the universe yes yes but also what i wanted what i was wanting to do (laughs) was say that you don't need a telescope to see the universe oh yeah you don't well well you need to like like to really see into the universe yeah so maybe telescopes allow you to see further yes see deeper yes Um, to peer no never mind i was gonna be like to, to peer into the heart of darkness yeah um, but all you got to do is, um, I just want to say this at the beginning, all you have to do is just go out into your backyard and look up and enjoy the wonders of the universe. There's a lot you can see without the aid of a telescope. In the early evening sky, um, you have Mars. Mars is kind of diving down towards that western horizon with each passing night. Um, but Mercury and Venus are in the west. Jupiter and Saturn are up all night. Of course, you can spot the moon um, as it makes its way. Mm-hmm. around the earth in its orbit over the course of a month there's meteor showers here in august we had the perseid meteor shower yeah uh, i'm gonna say that with confidence i, don't know. I think it was perseids, it's perseids. The, i think or, Geminids or are, are coming up though right i don't remember Maybe. i don't remember when all the meteor showers are there, there's a lot of things that you can see and enjoy without the aid of a telescope just go out into your backyard look up into the night sky and enjoy the wonders of the universe and just you know, really and truly become one with the universe. So just going out into your backyard and looking up allows you really to be part of the universe. And yeah. and in our everyday world, you know, we got work, we're worrying about, you know, how we're gonna pay our mortgage. Um, we really aren't worrying about that. But uh, but you know, we, we have things that we worry about in, yeah. Yeah. on a daily basis. And yeah. where we are in a video game, but when, the, when, when, when really just, uh, just be happy that you are in this nice safety bubble of the earth. Uh, cause really, if you were really like out in like, well, I guess technically, technically we're in the universe because we cannot be in the universe because <laughs> mm-hmm. we're a part of it. But like, if you're out, it, it'll kill you real fast. Yeah, so the universe is actively so it's, re- it's really best to be a part of and observe Ah, uh, from the safety of uh, Earth's little bubble. Yep, yep. <laughs> but if you do have a telescope, um, the telescope allows Ooh, you boy. to see further and to see um, amazing things um, through it. So maybe maybe we talk about where did telescope come from? Yeah. I mean, it, we know about it. Uh, we're sure. used to them sure, every day. Most people know in fact, what a we have one in, in in here with us right now. Look at this. Look at this. Whoa. 
There are amazing observatories um, all around the world, down in Chile, uh, big island of Hawaii. Um, we even have telescopes that are floating around above the Earth. Mm-hmm. So, um, And one that we're going to eventually launch a million miles from the Earth. So you even look deeper and see more shit. Knock on wood. Yes. <laughs> um, so... So we, we've come a long way with telescope mm-hmm. technology, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. but it had to begin somewhere. So yes. let's maybe talk about where okay. it began. Um, something I found interesting. So, you know, I did a, a brief bit of <laughs> research before uh, we started this episode. And something that I found really interesting that I didn't know um, is that, first of all, just everybody knows what a telescope is, I'm sure, or, you know... If you hear the word telescope, you can kind of picture in your head maybe something, you know, and, and basically a telescope is sort of some tubing and then either glass or glass and mirrors that, uh, you know, kind of capture light. A telescope is a light bucket, essentially. Um, and the bigger the yeah. telescope, the more light it can collect, the more we can see because we need we, we see light. Um, and I found it really interesting that that lenses or objects that resemble lenses date back 4000 years. Wow. See, I didn't I didn't know that until you until you you mentioned it. Yeah, and it, it it's not known like what they were used for or if they were used for optical purposes that there's no real real record left of that, but yeah, 4000 years. Yeah. That's which a is long just, time. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Um and so like the the Greeks, they they had studied optical properties and they even had they even used terms reflection and refraction, um, and and cu- and 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 uh, observed like color and 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 all this like cool shit way back thousands yeah. of years ago, um, but it wasn't until sort of the the uh, sort of middle ages well not middle ages but the scientific revolution oh 1600s yeah around the 1600s early 1600s and before that when uh when you get basically a telescope sort of a a telescope object that is is created yeah that 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 spyglass the spyglass which hans hans well He's dead. Lippershay. 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 We'll say however we want and to And you know the thing is, it. is like we all think of um, as Galileo as the inventor of the telescope. He wasn't. Um, and uh, a lot of uh, historians and scientists um, uh, actually give credit to Hans Lippershay. Yeah. Uh, but there was actually this other dude, and I can't remember his name, that was in the same town as Lippershay. Mm-hmm. And so they both made optical instruments. And so Lippershey is credited with the telescope. The other guy is credited with um, a complex or compound microscope. And so, oh, so yeah. one sees big, one sees They're small. They're two, two sides of the same coin, yep. basically. Yeah. And so, but Lippershey actually put a patent in, and that's why he is considered the inventor of the telescope. He never got that patent, though. No, he didn't. It was de- it was it was declined. Uh, they declined his patent. They declined his patent, and and the reason why was they said that this uh, they said this seems like it's really easily reproducible, and so really anybody can make it, and so they declined it that way. Um, but a year later, Galileo Galilei ah. heard of it, and he actually made his own. Uh, he, and he made it better. He made it better. So Lippershey's spyglass um, could magnify things like 
three or five, three, four or five times, and that was it. But um, Galileo and his uh, telescope, he could magnify things 20 times. And Is it 20 times, really? 20, 25 times, yeah. Oh, okay. And he was, he was the first to... You know, I use the term first loosely here. He was the first to turn it to the sky and actually write shit down. Mm. So, life lesson, write shit down. If you, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. just just do it. Um, Document. And so, you know, Lippershey may have turned the telescope and looked at the moon and all this kind of stuff. But Galileo wrote it down. And, um, he recorded his observations. He recorded his observations. What did he see? He saw He saw mountains on the moon. Now... Why is that significant? Well, the moon at the time, they thought, was this perfect celestial heavenly object. And so what it didn't have moon, it didn't have mountains on it. And if you think about it, like if you look at the moon, like if you go outside and look at the moon, uh, if it's full moon, don't look at it for too long. It could still hurt your eyes (laughs) Um, because it's reflecting sunlight. Uh, But if you look at the moon, it does look, it it looks flat. I mean, you can see color variations you know like a face in the moon that sort of thing but you really can't see you know a lot of depth or texture it does just look kind of just flat, like a just, perfect object just a flat disc in the sky yeah and it's not until that you get that magnification and get a close look that you look at it and you go oh wow holy shit it's got mountains it's got craters it's got valleys um and so these are all things that galileo saw that were just unheard of or unthought of at the time because it was a perfect heavenly body. Yeah. Can I can I can I cut in a little bit with just a a, compa- a modern comparison? Why ask if you can cut in? Well, I don't know cuz you know, you might have been on a roll and I know you don't like being interrupted, so it's just <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Just a modern comparison is um, Pluto. Mm. Um we were, we were talking about Pluto the other day. Um Well done. Yes. And uh, a, co- a coworker of mine, uh, well, he's upper level. But anyway, a coworker of mine sent me an article about Pluto and Pluto's status as a planet, blah, 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 and the whole thing surrounding that. It was a very good, very uh, well done article by The Atlantic, I think. Um, so we started talking about Pluto. Um, and so Pluto, it was discovered in 1930, um, and it just looked like a dot. And then we get Hubble, and it still it just looks like a dot, but a bigger dot. A little more resolution, but a not little, I much. mean, you can see, like, some variations in color and shit, and it's like, oh, okay. Uh, but we get New Horizons spacecraft to fly yes. by in 2015, yes. getting that up-close view, and you could see this world that was just full of just amazing, amazing texture things. and features and just activity happening that you would never assume would be there and we couldn't resolve those features on pluto until we had the right technology right you know and so if you don't and so you know that's like the moon in the 1600s this flat disc for so for all of human history up until that time that it was just like it's just a disc up there okay was finally being seen for this you know geologic world that yeah what it what it is what it is you know which is really amazing yeah so you use the word resolve and it brings me to another of galileo's discoveries so galileo turned to the milky way um and so the milky way is this hazy band of light across the sky Mm -hmm. and really what it is is these hundreds of thousands of 
uh, billions, really, millions maybe, uh, unresolved stars. And oh. so um, it looks like this hazy band of light. And so he turned his telescope towards the Milky Way and he found that the Milky Way was not a hazy band of light. He was able to resolve it a little bit better yeah. and he saw stars. And so he was able to see the stars of the Milky Way for the first time. He was able to see um, the four large Gallian moons of Jupiter, um, mm -hmm. uh, Io, Europa, Ganymede, and Callisto. Um, he saw the rings of Saturn. He wasn't sure what to make of those, but he... <laughs> they looked like ears. They looked like they ears. They looked like ears on the they planet. They looked like ears. And, um, and so uh, he, he was able to see the rings of Saturn. He saw Venus go through its phases. Um, like the moon goes through phases. Yes, Venus goes through phases. So Venus is um, closer to the to the sun than the Earth, and as it goes around the sun, it actually will go through phases. Sometimes it's a it's a crescent phase, and sometimes it's it's gibbous. Mm -hmm. You never see the full phase of Venus. Um, it's always gibbous, even when it's coming around the, on the far side. Of the, well, you're getting kind of close to a full phase, but regardless, it goes through phases, and he was able to. Um, through those observations, really um, proved that the planets and the Earth, well, in particular, the Earth, uh, goes around the sun. Mm -hmm. And he was able to prove the um, heliocentric model. model. Old By Copernicus. Good old... Nicholas Copernicus. Copernicus. Uh, who released his, his ideas on his deathbed. <laughs> Um, and and uh, Galileo was the first uh, to call his his instrument a telescope, yeah. uh, and uh, that comes from Greek where tele is far and scoping uh, is to look or to see or far seeing. So oh. it's it's a it was a very um, Italian way of saying it. Really, scoping? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Scoping. Well, so, um, by the way, so if you have a pair of binoculars at home, uh, binoculars today are basically, I think they're a little stronger than what Galileo had in 1609. And then from, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I would hope so. Yeah. And so, um, so telescopes have gotten, uh, obviously, you know, better. more powerful, bigger and better. Um, these light buckets, as Liz called them, uh, have gotten bigger and better over the decades and centuries since mm -hmm. Galileo. Mm -hmm. And um, it's like, you know, and improved upon Newton. New oh, yeah, Newton was like, all right, I see your telescope, and I'll raise you a better one. Yes, I will, I will instead of using, so basically telescopes will have a lens at the front end of the tube, mm -hmm. and then it has another lens at the back end of the tube. Isn't it like it was like, there? it was like one was like, like one's like convex and one's like, Concave or something—I don't know. Yeah, I should so, have looked up actually how telescopes work. <laughs> uh, well, anyway. Um, Other than uh, bring me the light, I take your light and I give you image. I want to say it's two convex lenses. Mm. Um, and, okay, so I was briefly reading through, and there's like a different. There's so many different types of telescopes that iterations of telescopes throughout the centuries. Yeah. In fact, there was one I was reading about, and I should have put it in the notes. Um, it was called an aerial telescope. What is that? And it was like it for it for it it got rid of the tube, and it was like, and it was like something that was then suspended 
from like a pole or a tree and then yeah really and truly (laughs) you know really and truly the only purpose of the tube is to block out extraneous light yeah i mean that's really this is only purpose you're trying to just grab like you know a specific area of light and so, um, yeah. but Newton improved upon the telescope at the time and added uh, a mirror to it. And so the light comes in, it hits the mirror. The mirror is curved. It's not a flat mirror like we're used to in our bathrooms. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a curved mirror like maybe you'd find at a fun house at a fair or something like that. And it, <laughs> but much better. <laughs> it actually focuses the... Doesn't make it um, all wobbly. Uh, focuses the light in much the same way that a lens would. And this actually became a game changer for telescopes because mm. to make a lens you need really high quality glass yeah and, and then so and it a makes lot it, of it well yeah if you want it really big but also the downside to that is that it that glass is heavy yeah yeah and so um you basically uh with, with a with a with a glass it has to be perfect um, high quality glass mm-hmm. and the bigger it is the heavier it is and the more expensive it yeah. is the bigger and you can really I mean you can only then build a telescope so big then yeah right? because you can't you know once it gets too heavy you can only yeah. you can only go so far with the gl- using just glass yeah and so with a reflecting telescope mm-hmm. uh, I was going to say refractor I know you got to think about like okay mirrors reflect so yes, uh, a telescope with a mirror is a reflector. With a reflecting telescope, um, it doesn't matter the quality of the glass. It could be shit glass. It doesn't matter because you're just going to paint silver on top of it or some sort of reflecting kind of, um, mm-hmm. you know, surface on top of it. And uh, and so you can make it much bigger mm-hmm. and um, it's not as expensive. And so there's a reason why, like, you can get a reflecting telescope. Let's say you have a reflecting telescope that's eight inches across Mm -hmm. and a refracting telescope that's eight inches across. That refracting telescope is going to cost much, much more than the reflecting telescope Mm -hmm. because of the quality of that glass. Mm -hmm. Um, Apparently, uh, uh, Jack likes your orange shorts. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But if you have $4,000, you can buy a Stellina. She, my mom saw a program on it yesterday, and it links to your phone. Uh, oh. Modern telescopes are, uh, yeah, they, they can, like, for at home, if you want to, like, do some real good observing, they can they can be pretty pricey. They can be, you know, thou, uh, you know a couple thousand dollars or so to get a good. Yeah. Um, like, this telescope right here, this is a Celestron 4-inch uh, uh, reflector. Um, and it was a birthday gift and I don't know how much it was, but I'm going to guess it was maybe a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. A few hundred at least. Um, but even with this telescope, um, I mean, I could see the rings of Saturn through it and it looked, it was amazing. Mm -hmm. They looked beautiful. So you don't need to spend a whole lot of money. It it just depends on your level of what you want to do, how far you want to take it. If you want to be doing some astrophotography and get some really deep space stuff. Yeah, you know, you could but then, but then you also need for it to track, and so um, you, the telescope that we have here. Oh yeah, it doesn't room, it doesn't move along with the rotation of the Earth, so you keep ha- you have to keep moving it if yeah. you want to follow anything. Yeah, so that really limits your photography, but yeah. um, but they do have telescopes if you're willing to shell a little bit more money. 
Um, you can get um, the Schmidt Castle Green telescopes, um, which are these little short, stocky little telescopes, mm-hmm. uh, but are reflectors and um, and you know they have they're driven by motors and so they can they can track the sun, mm-hmm. um, sky mm-hmm. and then. In fact, I think that um, you can get them now where they track the stars, Mm -hmm. uh, but they also could track, say, at moon speed. So the moon actually moves at a slightly different speed than the than across the sky than the um, than stars do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you're not going to take a really long exposure of the moon, though. No. Um, No. But. No, there's all different kinds of telescopes out there. In fact, uh, Brandon he has a Dobsonian. Um, Which and, he won't bring up here for some reason. <laughs> but I mean, we've been to we've been to star parties, and there will be these long these Dobsonian telescopes that people bring out that are like you need a ladder to climb up and look at it because they have they have to have such a long tube. Yeah. Um, and in order to get yeah. a good, uh, I don't so, know. <laughs> so with a with a Dobson, Dobsonian telescope. Um, you have the mirror at the bottom of the telescope, mm-hmm. and that light comes in down the tube, hits that mirror at the bottom of the telescope, and then bounces up um, to a secondary mirror at the top of the telescope, and then goes out to the eyepiece. So the eyepiece is at the top, where the light actually comes into the telescope. Mm-hmm. Um, and the longer, the better. The longer that focal length, the better. Um, uh, also, the wider it is, the better um, as well, because you're able to collect more light. Remember, it's a light okay. bucket. And the longer, the better. Yeah. The thicker, the better. <laughs> when the Schmidt Cassegrain telescope, um, it is the eyepiece is at the bottom, and so what happens is the light comes in, it hits the mirror at the bottom of the telescope, it bounces up to a secondary mirror at mm-hmm. the top of the telescope, mm-hmm. which then reflects it back down to the bottom where the eyepiece is, um, and so it's uh, it, yeah, there's all kinds of different telescopes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Thank you, Hans Lieberhey. I know, right? And then thank you, Galileo, for going like, hmm, I, I, can... I could look at the sky with this. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, pretty much, I bet Lieberhey is like, God, I got fucked over again. I, I looked at the moon. <laughs> I looked at the moon. <laughs> First, they don't get my patent. Now, now Galileo wins the, God, I should have written shit down. And then, so you get these continual improvements upon this instrument. They're they're getting longer or wider, what have you, until eventually, um, until eventually, someone goes or multiple people probably went. You know what? The problem that we we still have with using these telescopes here on Earth uh, is that. Even though we're in our safety bubble of the Earth's atmosphere that keeps us alive, the Earth's atmosphere actually um, isn't that great to look through no. uh, because it bends light and distorts light, uh, which causes an issue if you want to see something clearly or see something far away. Right. So the, the atmosphere is turbulent. Yeah, it's turbulent, and so um, like when you're if you're uh, looking at the stars and you've ever noticed the stars twinkling. <laughs> Stars don't really twinkle. Um, unfortunately, no. they're not they're not twinkly. Uh, that is an effect of our atmosphere bending that light. And so these large research telescopes that are used to it today, they're usually placed uh, at high altitudes. Mm-hmm. 
um, where there's less atmosphere to look through. Also, the colder, the better. Um, yeah, there's, a, there's, there's a reason less... why they're located in, in Chile on top of mountains and in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mauna Kea in Hawaii. Uh-huh, Tucson, Kitts Peak in Tucson. Yep. Yep. Um, and that's because they're, they're trying to eliminate those effects of our atmosphere distorting the images or, or um, you know, hindering our ability to see. So, so then people were like, well, gosh, what do we do? How do we, how do we get past Earth's atmosphere? Literally go past Earth's atmosphere. And we started sending telescopes out into space. Into space. Hubble, the Hubble Space Telescope, conceived of in the 1960s, launched in the 1990s. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, you know, the thing is with, like, um, some of these, um, like, with Mauna Kea and Kitt Peak and stuff mm-hmm. like that, the mo- these modern telescopes is um, uh, our computers have come such a long way that we're able to distort these um, uh, these mirrors now, and oh, okay. um, you're able to kind of compensate for the the, the, tur- the turbulence in the atmosphere mm-hmm. a bit. And oh god, I can't remember what it's called that that process that they do, but um, but basically distorts the mirror in real time, mm-hmm. and um, and kind of gets rid of a lot of that twinkling with uh-huh. stars and uh-huh. things like that, but it doesn't take it all the way. And so yeah. you really need to get above, yeah. above that atmosphere. Yeah. Like, uh, if you ever, well, this is, this might not be related, but I just kind of thought of it. Um, like when you're looking at, if you look at pictures of say, uh, like a, a galaxy, like another galaxy or like the Hubble deep field or something, you'll, you'll see stars mm-hmm. that have that cross appearance to them you know like you know if you draw a fancy star and it you know it's kind of that is actually a, a telescopic effect of a star in our own galaxy that's you know just happens to be in the field of view kind of like a lens flare it's like a lens flare basically and so mm-hmm. that's an effect of then you can know like oh that's that's uh that's from the telescope that's causing it that they were using yeah and actually like you know some astronomers will let's say they're taking a picture like the hubble deep field for example um there are some foreground stars in mm-hmm. in the picture and they know that those stars are in our galaxy yeah um, because you are getting that crosshair on it. Yeah, um, crosshair, crosshair. That's so. I, I don't know if that's the right I don't word. Know. That, seems, that seems good. One <laughs> I'm using. I'm gonna stick with it. Um, all right. So maybe, what are some of the things that we have discovered with telescopes? So when we go out into our own backyard, I mean, we 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 mentioned a few things. Like with the sun uh, at the center of the solar system. Yeah, with what Galileo was discovered. But what what have astronomers discovered after that? A lot of things. A whole lot of shit. <laughs> I mean, uh, one thing I read, and I, I didn't read too deeply into it, so I don't know how they did it or how it was used, but I'm sure maybe fancy physics man over here will know. Oh, probably not. Um, but was that telescopes allowed astronomers to um, basically determine the speed of light. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Romer with, um, um, with um, Jupiter. And so uh, Romer... 1700s i believe he was 1700s he um so newton comes up with his theory gravity apple bonk apple bonk hey moon um (laughs) you know we can figure out orbits and stuff like that um and so um they they had the orbits of the galilean moons and things like that and um 
Uh, they had charts of when these moons were going to make an appearance, and Romer was looking at Jupiter. Romer. Romer. What's it? What's it? Uh, R O, and that O has a little line through it. M E R. Okay. Uh, and um, uh, he noticed that the times weren't matching up with um, what was in the tables. And it had to do with the fact that sometimes Jupiter is closer to us and sometimes further away. And he was able to get a really uh, highly accurate um, speed of light measurement just by looking at the moons of Jupiter. Wow, that's Um, cool. Yeah, and I mean, can you, you, you calculate this number and we, 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 we've compared, we've said this because of, it's one of, in one of our favorite planetarium shows, horse and buggy days. That truly was the horse and buggy days. And <laughs> that was the literally, the literal horse and buggy days. Yeah. And I don't know how fast horses can run. I'm mm. sure that I will get an answer Mom. from this really quick. How um, fast can horses run? Uh, even though we, um, and so that was this that was as fast as they could go and to calculate something that was 186,000 miles per second even though he didn't get that it, i think it, it was different uh-huh. uh but not by much had to have blown his mind yeah how the fuck is this going that fast I, I, yeah it's a speed like i can't even comprehend it no but but you know, I at least I think I can comprehend it better than he can. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when was this? In the early 1700s. So this is like just like basically a hundred years after. Not even. We were like confirmed, oh. like oh yeah, the sun is at the center of the solar system. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah was, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Oh hey, the moon has mountains on it. Like that's that's uh, and now it's like oh light travels ridiculously fast. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, Adam. about one yes. horsepower. One horsepower is a measurement of work. <laughs> um, so, actually, wait, weren't we watching something and it was like horses actually do like eleven horsepower? So yeah, like one horsepower is not. actually I don't even it's not equivalent sorry, to how what fast. The, what the hell were you? Thirty-eight miles per hour. That's how fast a horse can go. Wow. Basically, and it's like the. You can't turn away those derby horses going. And, but but yeah, but then they they go. I don't know. Once around the track, and then they gotta like eat and drink because they're oh, exhausted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can't go thirty eight miles an hour for a lot. It's like the cheetah can go sixty miles an hour, but uh, not yeah. for a long time. No, no, it's not. Um, I like what my mom just said. Telescopes are myth debunkers. Yes, they are, and, and and they are. I mean, if you think about it. I mean, basically, our idea of that's a, oh, that's average. Okay, <laughs> it's just the average horse speed. Um, if you think about it, for you know, basically, uh, you know, all of human history, it's like our well, except for like the Greeks, uh, who were the first to kind of be like, let's kind of look at the world in a, a, a logical, more natural way and try to figure shit out without using the supernatural. But through a lot of our history and still today, you know, people use the myths and and just made up shit to explain the world around them. When you have Galileo observe moons orbiting Jupiter and Venus going through phases, that was that was um, that was explicit proof, um, objective proof that the sun was at the center of the solar system, like. That, that, you know, myth that the earth was at the center, that religious dogma that the earth was at the center, mm-hmm. then was 
blown away. And then the church yep. got mad, and Galileo was excommunicated until 1992 when they were finally like, all right, yeah, okay, we see your point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> for any religious people that are listening, um, science is not out to disprove your religion. Um, I, that's not that's not the goal of science. The goal of science is to understand the universe in which we live and to mm-hmm. be able to model and predict different things in an objective and logical way yes. and so it's not science's fault that your religion can't keep up or, um, or be able to prove what you're spouting anyway yeah. so okay anyway yeah <laughs> this we is a very religious we household we <laughs> religion of science motherfuckers um Oh, I shouldn't. I really should not say that because science is not a religion. So no, any no. of you right wing people can jump off a cliff. Um, oh wow! Okay. Anyway, telescopes. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, we discovered a lot of things with tel- Hubble Space yeah. Telescope. Mm-hmm. The Hubble Space the Hubble Space Telescope wait, wait. has rewritten. Before we get to Hubble, yes. Before we get to any of the space telescopes, um, let's let's let's. Take it back, okay, um, to maybe Hubble himself. Yes, yeah, and yeah, how, good point. And what Hubble discovered using a telescope. Yeah, there, there's a lot of people between Galileo and Hubble, the the Herschels, yeah. which I feel I, I don't want to bring up Herschel because Brandon loves the Herschels. Oh yeah, um, William and William and Carolyn Herschel. Yeah, Brandon loves them, and he so would be so he's so sad he's not here right now, being able to. <laughs> being able to talk about them but maybe in a hangover so um but in the 1920s uh edwin hubble um uh there there was a big debate actually great debate the great the the greatest debate debate. (laughs) is it really though but at the time um we 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 could see all these little fuzzy little things out there little Little fuzzies. fuzzies these little fuzzy nebulae and um the question was are these nebulae part of the Milky Way, mm. or are they quote unquote island universes, all in like upon other, themselves, like, like Milky Ways, like other the Milky, Milky Ways? Way. Um, and so, seriously, a hundred years ago, we did not know that the Milky Way. Uh, the question was: Is the Milky Way the only galaxy in the universe, or are there others out there? And so there was this great debate about it. But anyway, Hubble actually proved the answer. Um, he proved it one way or, or another. And he was looking at these uh, fuzzy little nebulae and he was calculating their distance and he was able to figure out that they are so far away from us that they are not in our, and not in our galaxy at all. But not only that, he was able to prove Albert Einstein wrong. <gasps> yes. So he Albert, proved he proved the big Stein wrong. <laughs> he did. He did. That's so, why. That's why. That's why Albert's hair is all crazy. Yeah, I know. He, he couldn't. He couldn't wrong. It. He's just like freaked out. So in 1917, um, general theory of relativity is released upon the masses and for all to enjoy and love because who doesn't love general relativity? And just for and just for anybody who's not familiar with general relativity, is that the E equals M C square one or is that that uh, was special theory of relativity, nineteen oh five. This is general theory of relativity is a theory of gravity. Okay. At its heart, and um, and Einstein quickly realized that his theory of gravity. Uh, would mean that 
the uh, universe would implode in on itself. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah, and so he he did not like the idea. I mean, if you look out into the universe, it looks static, right? It looks yeah. unchanging. Yeah. And so he he <laughs> doesn't included... change much in our puny little human lifestyle lifetime. No, you're basically seeing the same stars that the ancient Egyptians saw. Yeah. And the Persians and all. Yeah, just in slightly different spots, but. Yep. And so Galileo included um, the cosmological constant, which was to make the universe static. Mm-hmm. He didn't like the idea of it expanding or imploding in on itself. Well, uh, Hubble looked out into the universe, and not only did he prove that these um, distant nebulae were galaxies upon, in and in of themselves, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he also proved that they were moving away from us. So the cosmological constant was uh, Einstein's greatest blunder, quote-unquote. Oh, um, buddy. Yeah, he, he, he said it. It was his greatest blunder. But... Um, Hubble proved that the universe was expanding, which then led to the 1930s, um, the the idea of the Big Bang. Right, like which, what's what's causing this expansion? Yeah, so uh, Lemaitre, who was a um, Catholic priest, uh, interestingly enough, um, came up with the idea of the Big Bang. Wow. Fast forward 70 years, you know, people lose their shit over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, yeah, so Hubble, Hubble has rewritten, whether it is the man himself or the space telescope, has rewritten astronomy books um, in the 1920s and then 80 years later. And all because, you know, some dude was like, hey, let's attach two pieces of glass to a tube and see what we can see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the, like I, I don't know, the telescope or spyglass, what have you, um... Is is probably is probably like one of the most like simplest and in, simplest inventions. Like yes. it's not it's not that complex no. at all. It's basically just you know a few parts and pieces of shit. Yeah, you can together. make your own. You can make your own. Uh, you can you can buy you can buy kits and you can make your own. Yeah. And uh, you can even polish your own. Well, if you wanted to do a mirror one, you can actually polish, polish your, your own glass and make your own telescope. That sounds like a lot. Yeah, I would. I can. I, I can do it. I would. I would. I would see. I. I have. Um, and this is not my phrase. Um, at all. I. I no. I don't take ownership of this phrase, but I have. Uh, what's known as a, a too much gene. Um, so I would just, like, I would think it's okay, and then I'd be like, no, it could be better, and then I would just keep going until I just fucked it up. Well, the good news, the good news is there's instruments you can, you can use to tell you if it's just right. Yes, yes. So. Which is what, uh, they, I'm sure, use under the football field at Arizona. University of Arizona. You know, yeah, University of Arizona. I was going to say Arizona State. Yeah, no. no, University of Arizona. At the, um, University of Arizona. Beneath the football field, they actually have a mirror grinding um, facility, and they will grind their mirrors, and um, they ground the mirror, obviously, for Kit Peak. I think they were also grounding mirrors for um, for Mauna Kea. Were they involved in Hubble? I don't know, but James Webb, they did the mirrors for James. Oh, they did? Okay. James Webb. And you know what's also really cool is that with um, with um, telescopes, you can actually set it up so that you have a telescope in Chile, you have a telescope 
in Hawaii. You can link them together. And say in Australia or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you can link them together. And you can, uh, because of the way physics works and all that, you can make a telescope the size of the Earth. Which is, that's interferometry, right? Interferometry. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is, uh, which is a genius. Which is, it's, ama- yes. it's absolutely amazing because I mean, like I said earlier, telescopes are a light bucket. So the bigger the telescope that you have, the more light you can collect. And that means that the, the more, the better, the more resolved, the farther you can see. And it would be impossible, maybe not, no, it would be impossible to make a telescope that, a single yeah. telescope as big as the Earth. Right. You know, so by just linking these telescopes together to then look at the same portion of the sky and then resolve that data. Yeah, you're able to... I'm using the word resolve a lot. I think it's because I used it once and then you were like, resolve. And I was like, I used the word correctly. So now I'm going to use it for everything. Yeah, so basically... But you know, it's it's a good word though. I mean, it's a perfect word because... Because you're taking something that is that is blurry and making it in focus you're resolving it mm-hmm. and so except for when hubble was first launched <laughs> yeah but they put contact lenses on it and they resolved that issue um and you know telescopes just are amazing things and they have really changed the way that we see the universe and the way that we see ourselves in the universe in, in galileo's time the question was, are we the center of the universe, which was what religious dogma said, or do we go around the sun, which makes more sense? Um, is, is the moon a perfect celestial object, or is it imperfect like humanity? Um, and, uh, you know, what what's beyond Saturn? Saturn was the most distant planet that we knew of at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you go forward in time with bigger and better, better telescopes. The Herschel's discovered Uranus. Mm-hmm. Lowell. Lowell discovers Pluto. Pluto. Uh, the Lowell Observatory um, discovers Pluto. Clyde Tombaugh. Clyde Tombaugh discovered Pluto. Yeah. But Percival Lowell. Percival Lowell was, looking was, for life on Mars. Yeah. Um, the uh, Hubble, Edwin Hubble um, in California um, discovering that um, the Milky Way was not alone. Uh, and not only was it not, not only is the Milky Way not alone, the universe is expanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then based on that data, um, a Catholic priest comes up with the Big Bang Theory. Um, with telescopes, we're able to find planets and asteroids. In the 1970s, Vera Rubin. Oh gosh, my favorite Vera Rubin. Oh, I know. Um, discovers um, proof that dark matter exists by looking at data from telescopes, um, looking at the speed in which uh, stars go around the center of the galaxy. They were going faster than they should go. I would like to amend my earlier statement of telescopes being how we see the universe. I would like to amend that statement to telescopes are how we can learn and understand the universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's a, I, I like that. I like that amending mm-hmm. of your statement. Um, in the 1990s, the Hubble Space Telescope completely rewrote everything. 
um, discovering dark energy. It discovered, um, uh, well, it, I mean, it saw exoplanets. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were there were there were exoplanets that were discovered By in the nineteen eighties. You can thank uh, space telescopes for uh, you know uh, your cell phone cameras mm-hmm. and being able to take pictures of your food. Yes, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> for for Instagram. <laughs> Meanwhile, we were very guilty of that last night as we were taking pictures of our dinner. <laughs> um, so, I mean, they really these. The idea of these, the simple idea of these two small pieces of glass um, and how light interacts and magnifies these things has really fundamentally changed how we see ourselves in the universe and how the universe is. Um, And I actually will put, um, to me, the printing press is the greatest invention ever. because it allowed the dissemination, um, the larger dissemination of knowledge, mm-hmm. um, and got rid of only uh, rich people being able to understand how to, and clerics being able to understand how to read and write. Mm-hmm. Protestant Re- Reformation. Yep. Um, <laughs> however, the Galile- Galileo's little telescope, mm-hmm. Lippershey's little spyglass, mm-hmm. is probably right up there it's better than sliced bread because <laughs> why does bread need to be sliced it just makes it easier to make sandwiches yeah well you know <laughs> all right so you know uh where you live i bet you there is a public observatory mm-hmm. um that you can um go look through telescopes and even if there's not a public observatory, I guarantee you that there is a local astronomy club. Um, look them up, mm-hmm. and um, those local astronomy clubs undoubtedly have observing nights. Um, go join them. These astronomy clubs are um, join them for their um, their observing night. Uh, you can you can join them in the club if you, if you like. But um, like go to a star party. Go to a, go, go to a star, star parties. Party. And they are more than happy. Oh, they get so excited. They get so excited when you show up and you want to look through their telescope. And yeah. they, they are uh, uh, local astronomy clubs and uh, planetarium folk are the true ambassadors to astronomy. We love, we love talking about space people. And showing off what we know about space. <laughs> we do. It's a passion. It's a passion. And uh, go join them. It, it's a great date night. It's, yeah, it's um, romantic under the stars. Yeah, and so, yeah, go look through a telescope. Yeah. And if you don't have a telescope, just go into your backyard. Mm-hmm. Become one with the universe and just take a few moments. Look at the stars. Look at the mm-hmm. planets. And I guarantee you, it'll de-stress you, and it will just make you happy. Mm-hmm. You have any other thoughts on uh, telescopes? Um, telescopes are are awesome, uh, and um, to to quote my mom, there's really no limit to what we can learn because of telescopes. They've really opened up um, our eyes and our minds, mm-hmm. and have allowed us to explore the universe. Um, in a way that we cannot physically do yet or maybe ever. 
Yeah. You know? Um, and so by doing that, I think even if, you know, people, people, people tend to get a little overwhelmed by the concept of the universe and thinking like, you know, oh, we're, we're all alone or we're so tiny that then everything's meaningless and we're nothing, right? But if you look at the imagery that we get of the universe and just how beautiful and full of just power, mm-hmm. you know, it is. And with all these new worlds that we've been able to discover because of our advancing technologies of telescopes and telescopes now are not just mirrors and mirrors and, and, and glass lenses. It's, you know, there's radio telescopes, there's right. telescopes that use infrared and thank you, uh, Herschel and x-ray, you know, you get Spitzer and Chandra. And so we can, we can observe and see, all these new and different things that we would never have been able to see or understand. And so it has really helped us to just evolve as a species and become more connected to our place in the universe and, and where we're at and really thinking like, you know, maybe we're not alone out there and that other, there are other civilizations of beings that are also looking out, yes. you know, that are looking at the same shit we're looking at, observing yeah. the same maybe things. Maybe even looking at us. Maybe looking at us. Maybe seeing dinosaurs here and going, wow, that's a crazy planet. Look at those fucking mean ass dinosaurs chomping on everything, you know? Uh, look at all those clever girls running around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, well done. Clever girl. Uh, you know, and then, yeah, then you can look through a microscope and you see a whole nother universe. I know the, that we're that the we're a part of that makes us up even you know and so yeah. it's just you know it's it, just a fantastic thing that as uh, that that we have been able to figure out and and put to use to expand our knowledge and just kind of try and just be better and make life better and just yeah and um let me let me just kind of really piggyback on onto this because um you know a lot of people go like you said oh i feel so small Mm -hmm. when i look at the universe but you're able to figure shit out you you might not be you might be six feet tall five to six feet tall that's all you are which makes you feel small compared to the size of jupiter and stuff like that however what's between your ears your brain has allowed us to figure out, you know, how stars work just mm-hmm. by looking at the light from those mm-hmm. stars, uh, how planets go around stars, how comets were able to figure out, you know, you know, what's going on inside of a bacterium. We're able to understand quarks, things that we can't really see, mm-hmm. um, except in these, you know, the large hadron collider, um and things like that Mm -hmm. and so don't ever feel small Mm -hmm. your brain is able to comprehend and understand so much about the universe um you don't have to understand the math you really and truly do not need to understand the math um you understand the universe 
at a really fundamental level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and and you're just lucky to be a part of it. Let's be honest. The universe, it's not a, it's, it's a hostile place. It's not. It's trying to kill you. It's trying to it's kill really you. It's really trying to kill so you. the fact that you get to be alive and get to be like, oh, sh- look at that star. You know, that's pretty amazing in itself, you know. And, and, and you're sharing, you are sharing literal space <laughs> <laughs> yes. with all of that. Yeah. And with that. I think we, uh, yeah. we'll call it a show. Yeah, I think that's good. We'll call it a podcast. So thanks for joining us, everybody. Um, we will see you in uh, a couple of weeks, and we'll figure out what we're going to talk about. But if you're hanging out with us now, stick around for The Hangover. Yeah, we got The Hangover, hangover coming up. <sighs> I haven't had that much to drink. I only had one okay. drink. All right, so uh, we'll see you in a bit. And um, stay safe, stay healthy. Wear your mask, everybody. Yes. And if you're not vaccinated, get vaccinated. Get fucking vaccinated.